One more kneel down for Garantano. And the Vols put this one to bed. They haven't had a lot of opportunities. But they get it done with a dominant performance over the 11th-ranked Kentucky Wildcats. And they did it up front. Good evening, uh, Tennessee football fans and some of you basketball and, and uh, ladies, uh, Lady Vol basketball fans, Holly Warlick fans. This is Georgia Tech Vol, your favorite troll on the general quarters. We're here with uh, the usual uh, group of uh, degenerates uh, this evening after a great victory over the 11th ranked Kentucky Wildcats. Um, it was pretty much a dominant performance, 24 to 7. Uh, from the beginning till the end. And uh, Coach Pruitt obviously had some things that he was not super excited about at the end uh, with especially Mark Will Osborne's interception where he <laughs> tried to flip the ball back. But uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that. I'm so excited tonight because we usually try to bring you guys, I mean, obviously cutting-edge knowledge. When you hear me talk and some of the other guys, it's, you know, it's you know, world-class knowledge of football and sports in general. Um, but we've got amazing guests. That's the cool part about this. Uh, we've had Austin Price on. We've had uh, Paul Fortenberry. Uh, we've, we're going to bring you all someone extremely special tonight, near and dear to everyone on the board's hearts, Mr. Jesse Simonton. So we're really excited to have you on tonight. But before we bring you on and before we hear his lovely voice, I want to pass it to the group. Uh, we've got a wonderful group tonight of casters. Uh, PTC Vol, you want to say hello to everybody? Hey, guys. Good to be back on with you all again. Yesterday was a lot of fun to watch, and that I'm just really proud of our offensive line and especially our defense. I think that uh, overall, they're the game balls good to them. Well, thank you for uh, giving a game ball out already. We, that was going to be in the segment, but uh, appreciate that. So, uh, Bleed Orange, are you awake still? Are you on? What? You're talking to me? All right, thank you. Pounding Thrill, uh, you're here as well? Yeah, I'm here. Cool, Happy man. Thank you for being on, brother. And we got Powell Vols as well. What's up, my friend? Hey, buddy. How you doing? We're, I'm doing I'm doing great. Again, we're, we're starting on time tonight. That We're on fire because Tennessee now is one game within uh, within reaching a bowl, which is incredible. And who would have thunk we would have beaten two top you know 20 teams, which is amazing. One thing before we bring the man, the myth, the legend, Jesse Simonton on, I do want to wish everyone a happy Veterans Day. And I want to be really serious about that because it means a lot to us, the people that fight for this country, the people that sacrifice their lives. They have families, you know, wives and children at home, and they go out there and they fight for our freedoms. And, you know, I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. I don't know if anybody else on the cast want to say anything, but thank you to our veterans. Thank you from the bottom of my heart from an Army brat. This is PTC Vol. Yeah, thanks for all those men and women who serve us out there. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, with that being said, I do have a very special song for our very special guest, Jesse Simonson. And we're going to break down everything. This guy, he's got all these crazy, you know, titles and headlines that gets all of you guys riled up. All of you guys want to post about him all the time. There's people, this guy's living rent-free in your minds, and we love every minute of it. Jesse Simonson, I'm going to play this little intro song for you, and we'll, we'll get started. I 
I didn't think there was a more fitting song than The Man, Jesse. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. He is the man. I love it. I love it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, no, we're so excited. And uh, you going to give me Troll of the Week this week, too? I heard, I heard, I heard I'm, I'm running like three in a row, right? No, you, you had a really strong showing last week, so we had, out of respect. It's more of a respect thing. Well, some of it's it's... A very big disrespect, but it's mostly respect. <laughs> so, you know, we gave you a couple breaks. This is podcast number seven, so we gave you a couple breaks okay. on some of the other weeks, and we do this okay. weekly. This is actually, Jesse, I don't know if you knew or not, but um, this podcast is the it's a top five downloaded worldwide in East Tennessee. So we're getting a lot of people listening. <laughs> well, this um, should only help my brand then, Exactly. Huh? This yes. help your Baby. personal brand. So we appreciate you being on. Um, awesome you know no troll of the week for you this week you are the 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 guest of honor on this podcast so thank you so much man um, no so problem 20- glad, you, glad to be here <clears throat> so real quickly um you know how has it been at just kind of high level since you joined VolQuest? what have been you know some of the top moments bottom moments you know what what's been sta- what's stood out to you since you've been here um covering the vols for a couple years now uh I mean, you know, I, I, I've obviously getting to know Brent and, and AP and Rob uh, like like I have. I mean, it, I think the four of us have formed a really good team. I think we've produced some really good content. I think we all kind of balance each other's strengths really well. And, and frankly, I, I know there's plenty of consternation about, you know, my place among that four with folks on the board, but I think I bring something different to the table that m- maybe some of the other guys at VolQuest previously have. And, and – you know, there was a reason that Hubs kind of Hubs and AP kind of sought me out that December. Um, uh, you know, when when Paul had left, you know, right. AP and I sat next to each other when Trey Smith committed to Tennessee. Wow! Um, and it was kind of then that he and I kind of started to get to know each other, and then covering recruiting a little bit um, through that January period. I mean, I've gotten to see some good stuff. I've obviously covered, you know, a, a historically bad team a year ago. That has not been a, a new thing for me. I did the same <laughs> thing covering a Florida team that, that went 4-8, uh, and eight, you know, the same way. I saw Will Muschamp get fired. Um, so I've seen a lot of bad football. Right. I know folks think that, you know, that I that I take pleasure in that it is so much easier to cover a team that's winning. Right. Yesterday was a prime example of that. I mean, it, it, it me really like was. Bad luck. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. I I wouldn't. I you know there, you know I I could be that uh that that Tolkien that's not that that's not going the right way f- for whatever team I'm covering. No, I don't know. I, I will say though, Jesse, that um, you know, and this will be my last uh, nice thing I say. I'm That's to fine. Like, Y'all can beat me down. I'll tell he you hate what, me. Though. No, Jesse. Seriously though, you have uh, some very big words that you use, and I'm sure about 85% of the board uh, we have to go look those up on dictionary.com. So keep up, uh, keep up the lesson, the uh, the lang- vocabulary lessons every week, because I'm more than half go. guy. I, I'm terrible with the English language, so I, even when PTC Ball sends me text messages, I have to look up half the stuff he says. So this you, is true. You throw out some really uh, you know crazy words, so uh, thank you for that. So I'll pass it to the guys really quickly. I know we want to talk talk the you know the Kentucky game. We want to talk recruiting. You know we've got the insider here. So if anybody, whoever's got a question, say your name first, and then let's fire away. Hey, Jesse, this is uh, PTC Fall, man. I uh, will admit I was not one of your admirers to begin with, but I have really come to enjoy what you put on the board. And with one single sentence in, well-placed sentence in an article, 
you could absolutely get the entire board ready to crash. It is glorious. You should you should have been a main. Damn to a one. That was amazing. Winning. <laughs> yes. Um, but one of the things I wanted to ask you is schematically, did you see anything different on Saturday opposed to what we were doing against Charlotte? Because those are obviously two different uh, programs and two different levels. We just looked worse than pedestrian two weeks ago. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I, and, and I've admitted this in, in, in many things that I've written. I am certainly no offensive line expert, but in my opinion, a lot of the zone blocking scheme stuff, and I think Power T. Vall has written about this. He, he clearly seems to know uh, and have a good mind for football um, in some of the stuff that he's posted before. Tennessee clearly is struggling um, when they run a lot of these zone blocking schemes. However, on Saturday, they seem to actually have some success in that. I thought Ryan Johnson did, did a really nice job, probably had one of the better games he's played uh, all season. Tennessee, just the, the interior guys, even Niehaus and, and Jameer made some plays um, in terms of sealing some kind of backside cutback lanes. And honestly, they, they gave JG some time. I mean, you know, I wrote it in my review piece tonight. I was kind of miffed, miffed that, that, that they didn't give Marcus Tatum more help, you know. I mean, Tennessee, it, I, I even joked about this with, with AP and Hubs after the game. It, it, it was the most Tennessee fan thing ever to be up 24 nothing and on our board everyone's getting mad that, like, the officials aren't called in holding calls on Kentucky. Um, but, I mean, frankly, Marcus Tatum got away with at least three or four holds himself, and, and Tennessee was fortunate on some of those, and they continued to kind of let him be uh, in one-on-one -on -one situations. But, but, frankly, I mean, it was just execution. I thought the fact that Tennessee both uh, designed a game plan that kind of had both elements of what worked against Auburn and South Carolina, they kind of meshed the two together. You had the downfield passing attack, but it wasn't just the 50-50 jump balls. They were actually, you know, well-designed plays uh, that Tennessee, frankly, blocked. And then they also kind of had the intermediate, intermediate routes and short stuff. And Jeremy Pruitt said it himself. I mean, when, when you're able to run the ball, uh, it, it helps shore up protection. And so they were able to do that, and it, and it worked for the balls. Speaking uh, about running the ball, I was really impressed with Tim Jordan. Uh, in the way he ran the ball, but also with Ty Chandler. Um, what what was different about the two running backs that we featured? It seemed like there was a bit of an extra, I don't want to say gear because that's not the right word, but a bit of an extra effort on their part to really kind of showcase that, hey, we're going to help our offensive line out and we're going to start making some of these cuts. Tim Jordan what? just seems to miss the cut back a lot and, Saturday, he didn't. He did. He didn't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super high on Tim Jordan's potential as kind of like some some other world back. I know there's some some folks on the board that that disagree with that notion, but I do think that Ty Chandler completely changes the dynamic uh, of Tennessee's offense. Full stop. I mean, he he got two snaps against Charlotte, and the offense couldn't move the ball. His presence out there on Saturday just changed the game for Tennessee. In the first half alone, he gained 66 yards. Kentucky had 68 as a team. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. that just kind of for itself speaks to his impact on the game. He finished just a bit, a bit south of another 100-yard of, of game. Uh, and even though he didn't catch a pass, he was involved in some plays in terms of misdirection that 
oh, he wasn't actually in on the play, but he was involved in some misdirection plays that then led to the huge Tim Jordan down the seam mm. play um, that, you know, was perfectly designed and, and well-timed by, by Helton. Uh, so I just think, I mean, I think Ty Chandler is the best offensive football player on this team. The more they can get out of him, the more that it's going to kind of open up elements they can do, whether it's the cutback lane, uh, w- whether it's different stuff in the, in the downfield passing attack. I'll admit his hands are probably the best out of any running back that we have. And he seems to be able to get north and south a heck of a lot quicker than anybody else that we have on our team, including our wide receivers. Yeah, and Jeremy wants, you know, if you if you guys watch the coaches show, I mean, Pruitt's hilarious and just his disdain of even having to do that thing. But he always, I, I don't think there's been a single week this season that he hasn't lamented the fact that, like, Tennessee's backs don't make somebody miss. Chandler's the only one of the group that can do that. For whatever reason, Tim Jordan seems to run right at the safeties. Uh, but, you know, Ty can make somebody miss. He didn't do it a whole lot on Saturday, but he did at least find some seams. And, and I mean, he's, he's, he's the best player. And so when, when he gets uh, a lane, I mean, Tennessee is going to have good things happen for him. Now, really quickly, you said the power T was talking about the offensive line a couple of minutes ago. That is our podcast power T, it sounds like, and he's actually at a uh, bachelor party. Um, yes. Yeah. I don't. I didn't know he was a podcaster. I knew, but but yes. I but the football stuff that he posts on the board, it's 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 uh he has mentioned stuff about the offensive line that I have agreed with. So yeah. So he he does. Hit, we've got his if if I were Helton segment that he does when he's on. So we'll have to okay. give him a, a nice little shout out for getting some kudos from from the one and only Jesse. So I just wanted to highlight that and give him all a good pat on the back. So you probably made his his week there, Jesse. So. Very good stuff. I don't know if I'm his biggest fan, so he doesn't mean I'm not sure he he likes me, but I'll I'll, I'll reciprocate the uh, the love there. No man, we we, we love having you on. So, uh, pounding thrill, you got anything, brother? I know you're you're on here, my friend. I gotta fix my dad's echo real fast. Yeah, yeah. I've got a question for you, Jesse, or just kind of I'd like some insider insight to the extent you can give that. But here's here's what I don't understand about our offense so far this year. Or this is like kind of. Uh, a, a big question right now and then moving forward. Now, when Pruitt hires an offensive coordinator for $1.2 million, I perceive this guy's going to come in and he's got, you know, this is. All righty, and he he is out. That's the first time we've had technical difficulties where somebody crapped out on us. So My, guess, of- my guess was he was going to ask, I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, – hypothesizing here, but my guess is he was going to ask how Helton is not being given full autonomy. I could be wrong, but my guess is is he was leading into the fact that Tyson was being paid $1.2 million, but there seems to be a lot of cooks in the kitchen, right? Yes, perfect. That's exactly I'm sorry, I lost the the feed there just for a second. But, yeah, I mean, just talk me through. I'd like some insight into when they hired him, did they – hire him under the idea of, hey, we're going to have, this is going to be a joint effort. I know that, I think I asked this question maybe the chat or something last week, you know, said that this has been something that's developed along the way. How, how do you hire, I mean, what's the process there when they hire a guy for $1.2 million and then after a few weeks they have to get like a collaborative effort into it? And, and we're starting to see some progress, which I, I'm i not as quick to, to attack Helton as some other people are, just because I feel like if your offensive line can't do the very basics, it's hard to see, you know, how good the off. 
defenses in general. So that's kind of my thoughts, and I just kind of wanted to hear your, your feedback on, on how we got to where we are. Yeah, well, for one thing, I mean, I do think that these, I, these things are not mutually exclusive, but the fact that Tennessee's paying him $1.2 million for what his role is, in a vacuum it seems like those things should coalesce and they should all be equal, but they really don't, in my opinion, mainly because you look at the different contracts that Tennessee paid out. I think Tennessee was trying to from a, trying to basically exert themselves from a position of strength in Jeremy's first year that like we were going to invest in this football staff. With, with, with Fulmer now in charge at the AD, he was kind of giving full reins to, to Pruitt to let him have this staff. I, I do think it was probably a bit of an overpay to give Tyson that, but the fact that they paid Will Friend what he's getting paid, when you see what Chris Rump's getting paid, you know, even kind of on down the line, the contracts, uh, even if Tennessee goes six and six, seven and five, which I think would be a successful season, don't I mean that Tennessee's paying more than you know what a team that just went to the SEC championship is paying. Um, so take the contracts out. I do think that it was always going to be kind of a collaborative effort. That 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 was the plan. You know, it's easy to forget that Will Friend is one of Pruitt's best friends. He's a guy that uh, helped Jeremy honestly get to Georgia. Uh, They were roommates at Alabama. They are extremely close. Tennessee was always going to kind of incorporate some of these zone elements um, and some of the play-action concepts from both Georgia and old Georgia with the Mark Rick Bobo stuff and Colorado State. Um, And, you know, I wrote wrote a big piece on Tyson that had June Jones and – uh, T. Martin and some other people kind of talking about uh, who he was at the beginning of the season. But but kind of the thesis of that piece is that we just didn't know what Tyson Helton was. There was kind of, He was kind of billed as this wonderkin guy, but he had always kind of been like the secondary guy, whether he was calling red zone plays or calling third downs at USC or what have you. Um, and I kind of think he's been kind of in a similar role this season. He's calling many more plays than he has ever before, but there's no doubt that Will Friend and Lily and even Jeremy himself have their fingerprints all over what Tennessee's doing offensively. Well, and, and I didn't get the chance to say this earlier also. I, I do appreciate everything you do. You get a lot of grief on the board, but I think your your honesty is something that the uh, law quest has needed for a while. But, I mean, so should we look at, to use a Butch Jones term, should we look at this year as being like year zero for Tyson Helton possibly? If this is just kind of like a real lay of foundation, and then we'll see kind of who he is next year? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I you know, I I do think that there has been there has been friction between he and Jeremy, and, and some of that is, is just on the amount of meddling, the amount of cooks in the kitchen. You know, Tyson, because he did have that $1.2 million, to bring this back to the money figure – because Tyson was, you know, given that salary, um, I think he kind of expected this to be a little bit more of his rodeo, uh, and, and so they're, they're certainly going to have. Um, there's going to have to be some give and take there, but Tyson has potential, and and I think that he has shown with the game plan he put together on Saturday with some of the calls he made uh, that put Tennessee in position to win at South Carolina. Obviously, both he and, and Garantano kind of worked in, in concert at Auburn. The, the framework seems to be there, in my opinion. The question is, can everybody get on the same page? And I think you mentioned it in your initial question earlier. A lot of this kind of all boils down to the offensive line. When you block, you have a chance. When you don't, these plays look terrible. 
Now, I'm the first one. I wrote it, I wrote it tonight. I mean, I, I will Monday morning quarterback uh, as well on plays like the Wildcat stuff that was so obvious that Tennessee, that that play was going to get stopped. I mean, when I'm calling, you know, run left in the press box, guys that are making $1.2 or $3 million or whatever sitting, you know, three boxes down from me absolutely know what's coming. Uh, so, that, so that's not a good sign. The fact that Tennessee, you know, I, again, this was in my piece tonight. I think Tennessee should run way more RPOs than they've been running. They're paying Joe Osavet dollars $80,000 a year, and he's supposedly this, uh, you know, RPO master. For, for Jared Garantano, for all the growth he has had this season, and I do think he has become a qu- really quality quarterback, Tennessee still doesn't trust him to make multiple reads. So if you don't do that, the juxtaposition of that, in my opinion, is why don't you trust them to make simple one-read plays like mm-hmm. RPOs? They seem to be completing an extremely high percentage of those quick throws to Juwan Jennings. Uh, I don't know why they don't call more of those. They seem like simple, easy completions, and yet they haven't done that. Now, again, these guys know way more about football than me, but that seems like another simple, intermediate route concept that I think this offense could kind of use as they try to expand the arsenal of what they can do over the next two weeks to see if they get to a bowl game. Uh, that's all. That's good stuff, Jesse. And again, if you guys are just fast forwarding for whatever reason, that is the angelic voice of Jesse Simonton of VolQuest, uh, the VolQuest staff. So thank you again, Jesse, for being here. Actually, one of the things I wanted to do was ask about Joe Osavat, but you took my steam away from that question. So I actually posted a thread while you guys were asking some questions and wanted to give some other members from the board a chance to ask Jesse something. I said no trolling, and of course the first freaking three answers were troll questions. So um, I've got one that really pertains to the offensive side that we were talking about, Jesse, this evening. Uh, UTJL36 actually asks, does JG have potential to be all SEC next year with a competent offense, or within the next two years, excuse me, with a competent offensive line and consistent offensive scheme? What do you think? Um, I'm, I'm only going to say no because it's two quarterbacks. Okay. All SEC is the top two guys. Um, you know, I, I just I think that Garantano is climbing the ladder in the conference. Obviously, his completion percentage is is way up this year. He hasn't thrown an interception uh, in a school record number of attempts. But two is going to be here next year. Fromm's probably going to be in the conference again. Um, the, I mean, the SEC, I think the quarterbacks are getting better and better. And, and so this is, not, this is not a knock on JG. Um, this is not like me saying, like, I don't think Callaway's, you know, an all-SEC conference guy, which I didn't say, but, you know, I know I got the, the board got all, got all wrestled about. overrated was the quote. Yeah, but I didn't say that either. I said Tennessee fans vastly over, over, overrated okay. Callaway. Uh, but, for the record. But, but, but. but <laughs> But again, I do think that JG is climbing that ladder. But at all SEC, there's only two quarterbacks there. I don't see it. Maybe you know if he's if he's here in two years. But in 2019, I'm going to say no. Okay. And again, we've got no that, good answer, and I appreciate that. And thank you, UTJL36, for that question. Um, we've got we've got some on the defensive side, and someone recruiting, and then someone also uh, Mood Dog uh, 40 also asked you why do you think you think. Um, which that's one of my favorite posts that you do. The I think I think. Um, did you come up with that's that? That's an, that, 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 that. No, no, no. That's that's actually an ode to, to an old Peter King 
column. Okay. Uh, column deal peter king who wrote for years for the sports illustrated he used to have a uh kind of a, an adjacent version of that in the middle of of his kind of monday morning quarterback piece um so it's something that i told hubs i wanted to do he was all for it uh so i didn't actually do it a year ago but i i thought it would be a good little like friday mm-hmm. afternoon appetizer uh each e- each friday and it, and it seemed to has seems to have gone over well no, yeah. it, it, we we love our nuggets. As many nuggets as you can throw to us, you know, we we got plenty of sauce and dip them in, so we, we love those. Um, any questions, anybody else on the offensive side, or we want to move to maybe defense, or do we want to move to recruiting, or who's got anything? Bleed Orange, I know you're chomping at the bit. He, my dad actually sent me the list of questions he had. I had to chop them down. It was, you know, hitting three digits, so we had to bring it down a little bit. So go ahead, Bleed Orange. Well, first of all, Jesse, I think you can take heart because any advice that you give on this board is going to make it to Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, it's, it's pretty <laughs> obvious from us in our commentary uh, over the last several weeks that they obviously listen to the board as they make adjustments with their schemes. But um, one thing that I was thinking about today is uh, what if you took the same team that we have right now, how do you think they would be doing if Butch Jones was still the coach this year? Um, I mean, that's probably terrible. I mean, (laughs) yes, (laughs) a, I was here for, for the last two and a half years and I saw how the team basically just was fed up with Butch a year ago. Gotcha. So now I will say this in, in, in Butch's defense and Butch did not like me. Uh, and and he made that you know well known, um, <laughs> both both publicly and behind the scenes. But uh, he he did have his loyalists in 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 both the locker room and 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 on staff, hmm. and in, and and even in the administration. I do think Pruitt has kind of had to pop some of those zits, you know, so to speak. And and some of those guys, it's worked. And for those who who, who you know refuse to kind of um, you know get cleaned up, then, then then you may not see them here next year. But you know, Jeremy's done a good job, kind of uh, doing his best to 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 you know scrub off the stains. I mean, I, I I wrote about that I think you know a month ago that that was kind of his challenge was to kind of get rid of the and it's and it's both I think from a from an actual roster construct standpoint mm-hmm. and then from a, a, a philosophical more you know um mental aspect of you know austin's talked a lot about just kind of the mental scars that this team has but in my opinion it's not even just the team i think it's the program as a whole um and and jeremy's kind of tried to come in and not just jeremy but jeremy and his staff have, have tried to come in to and change that mentality and 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 you know Again, I, I've said this many times, and I and I fully believe it. Uh, growth is not linear, and it and progress is not linear. There's going to be up and downs, and we've seen it from this football team. A week mm-hmm. ago, Tennessee got a win against Charlotte, and they looked like a Conference USA team. <laughs> Seven days later, they bullied a team that is, while Kentucky, in my opinion, has overachieved. Kentucky is legitimate, you know, decent football team. They have a lot of quality players who will be playing in the NFL next year. 
um, that are veterans and are seniors. And Tennessee just bullied those guys. So how do you, you know, how do you contrast what you saw a week ago to what you saw Saturday? And a lot of that is just, again, growth isn't linear. There's going to be ups and downs. And Tennessee clearly was not up and not motivated and had a terrible game plan. And to me, that is on the coaches as much as the players a week ago mm -hmm. against Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And yet on Saturday, after five good practices, the team fully believed that they could go in and defend their home turf, and they did it. And they dominated a team that, you know, on paper – had more advantages than the Vols, and, and that's the credit to the players and the staff. Well, you know, one of the things if, you've if, also if been can... doing is a, is a pro football focus. Um, it's interesting because – but we also kind of have a myopic view of how that works. Uh, we see how our guys are getting rated. It would be interesting to see how Tennessee – and you may already know this – how does Tennessee compare to Alabama? Or compared to Georgia, what kind of grades are those teams typically seeing through that kind of a program? Yeah, and, and that's something that, you know, as we kind of augment the coverage moving forward, I mean, part of that, frankly, is just a time thing on my, on my end. Mm -hmm. You know, I do have access to that information, and, and if enough people on the board want to know kind of how the opponent did, juxtapos you know, juxtaposed to how Tennessee did, Yep. then perhaps I'll invest in that versus some other stuff I do. Um, but, but, I mean, honestly, that, it, that really is just a time thing. I mean, going through kind sure. of the data uh, with Tennessee. And, and I've said this, too. You know, I, I, I don't always agree with the pro football focus grades. They do not kind of – they don't always match up with what my eyes see or what I rewatch on the tape or what I – you know, a lot of – and I think Austin said – he talked to you about – you guys about, you know well, – our opinions are kind of colored in, in multiple facets. You know, it's, it's both what we see, what we know, and what kind of we hear or are, are told by people behind the scenes that know more than us. And that's staffers, that's boosters, you know, that's yada yada. Um, and so our job is to kind of sift through all that and give you guys the best information um, and give you guys, in my opinion, the most honest information, the most, you know, the most bare bones information. Um, and so to me, the pro football focus grade is just another, it's just another way to kind of augment what we know. And so at times it can, it can be a confirmation bias. At times it cannot, it cannot agree with what your eyes see. And at times you can just use the data as a starting point for a conversation about X, Y, and Z. And that's what I've tried mm -hmm. to do with it. Cause I don't, to me, the raw grades themselves don't mean a whole lot. I mean, what the hell does 70.1 mean or 50.1 mean? I mean, that, you know, in, in, in just layman's terms, that doesn't mean a whole lot if you don't explain uh, how it got to that point or, or, you know, at least give some sort of background um, of, of the details of how that grade, you know, came to be. Mm -hmm. Cool. No, all good stuff. Um, I know pounding through, I think you had a question. We had one more from the board I was going to take. Um, Unless you wanted to go ahead, and pout, uh, yeah, yeah, I just I think it's a really quick question, Jesse. Uh, you, you mentioned that Butch made it clear that he didn't like you, both, you know, I guess to your face behind the scenes. What does that What does that look like, practically speaking? And you, as a journalist, how does Butch basically let you know he, he doesn't like you or can't stand you? Well, I mean, I mean, Butch. Butch was fine with me, honestly, early on. 
for the when I was with SEC Country originally, and even when I was first with Volquest, he it was fine. But as the kind of the year unraveled a year ago, um, you know, frankly, there there were just some that kind of you know didn't want to ask Butch kind of the the questions that needed to be asked. Uh, and so when I was the one that you know didn't mind asking those questions, um, <laughs> he did not take kindly to that. Uh, again, both you know, publicly or behind the scenes. I mean, I was the one that he got mad at, you know, last year. He was fired literally the next day. But Tennessee gets embarrassed at Missouri. We're all cold as hell. It's outside. Missouri has the worst, you know, this is some, like, inside baseball stuff, but Missouri has the worst setup for the press uh, in their home games because all the stuff is outside under a Mm -hmm. damn tent. And so we're sitting out there in like 15 degrees. Butch is miserable because they just got, you know, destroyed, and he knows that it's going to be a tough game. We're obviously like, let's just get this over with. Uh, but it had to be asked, you know, what, what, you know, did he feel like his job was safe after Tennessee had just lost again? Uh, and he kind of snapped at me on camera. Um, and it was not a good look for him because, you know, Literally, as the text messages and emails would later indicate, he had actually already been fired. Curry had already decided to fire him, but he just hadn't actually told Butch yet. Um, but 12 hours later, you know, the, the, the news is public, uh, and yet here he is kind of sniping, you know, with a local reporter. Now, it wasn't – Butch and I have never had anything, like, malicious or anything, and, and this is just kind of how it is with, with you know – uh, the local media sometimes, you know, I'm not paid to be a stenographer, you know, you know, I'm, I'm paid to kind of, uh, write what happens and I'll be the first one to admit when, when Tennessee's kicking ass and doing awesome. And, but it's my job to also report, um, you know, when things are not going the way that, you know, the big orange nation is looking for. Right. Right. And I know we got a couple more questions. Uh, Powell, I think you got one, then we got one from the board and then, uh, just Jesse, if we can keep you for a couple more minutes to go into recruiting, I know we've kind of hit the program and, and the offensive side in the Kentucky game. Are you good for that, Jesse, from a timing standpoint? Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Powell, that's all right. Powell, go ahead, brother. Hi, Jesse. It's Powell. Um, my question is uh, about the season as a whole, where we are right now. Um, did you what what percentage before the season started? Um, what percentage would you put on us being five and five, like at this point right now? Uh, pretty high. I mean, I was the one. I had Tennessee at six and six. I mean, AP and I were kind of talking about this after the game. I, I mean, the Florida loss left me thinking that Tennessee would not make a bowl game. <laughs> Upsetting Auburn on the Plains kind of had me recalibrate. Um, I'm honestly, I'm right now. I'm at the same point. I mean. Uh, could Tennessee go seven and five? Absolutely. Could they go five and seven? It's certainly possible. I don't see it right now. I still think the most likely outcome is they go six and six. That's um, that's good. Um, one more question about um, individual players: um, Schamberger and Sapp, are they going to play anymore? Uh, I would not count on seeing fourteen. Uh, much, much at all, uh, moving forward, um, you know, at all. 
Shamburger, I mean, it's, it's, you know, uh, I think Shamburger wants to do, to be good and wants to do well, but there's still kind of um, a, a block there that, you know, he has not, or a hurdle there he has not um, leaped over. And so it, it's, it a- it, it's, it, it's going to be kind of put up or shut up time for him probably this, uh, you know, this December, whether they make it to a bowl game or, or kind of what happens after that. Is a Schamberger's issue? Is it a practice thing, or is it like is he just blowing assignments during the game? No, it, it's more of kind of an attitude and a practice thing. I got you. I got you. I mean, it, and this is not a surprise. I mean, you know, Schamberger had run-ins with the previous staff, so this is not this is not like a a you know. I know Austin's railed on the on the seventeen class, and I agree with with some of his assessments on those guys, but this is not that. I mean, this is you know. Butch and, and his guys had issues with Schamberger, and now Pruitt and his guys are too. And Jeremy recruited Schamberger when he was at Alabama. This is not like yeah. a kid he thinks is not talented. So, A couple of quick questions for you about current players as well before we move into recruiting here, Jesse. Malik Gray. We I'll stop all... you there. You're not going to get anything from him. So. <laughs> really? <laughs> Good question, PTC. Yes. So I mean, I don't. I, I honestly, I don't. I don't mean to be. I don't mean. I don't mean, mean to be like terse or, or or rude there. But he, yeah, you know, there was a. Re- I mean, he's a classic. Like, there's a reason Alabama was not recruiting him. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 Tennessee has plenty of guys that have taken their spot in the graveyard of you know four and five star guys that are just never never to be heard from. Yeah, I saw Dylan Bates on the sideline after one of our defensive stops, and he was sitting behind someone kind of out of breath. I don't know if that was just from celebrating or what, but uh, <laughs> I think he's another one as well, unfortunately. At, at, yeah. least, he has, at least he has the, the, uh, the excuse that, uh, you know, he, he's seen – his dad's not in the best shape, and so I can at least understand it from a mental right. standpoint from Dylan, uh, you know, just from seeing kind of the – the tough tumble that, that your father has taken because of playing the game. So right, right. PTC, well, here's 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 a here's an up up uh, deal. What who would you say is maybe the most popular guy on the team or or prankster uh, on the balls right now? Prankster, I don't know. Most popular, I would say. Uh, there's a reason that Jeremy. Pruitt let Jawan Jennings back on the team. Huh. Interesting. Makes gotcha. sense. The heart and soul um, right there. Other, other. And I, and and, and most popular may not even be the 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 probably the, the most accurate or fairest respects to to Jawan. But again, there there's a reason that he's back on the team. I mean, in in lots of us in a lot of us in a lot of other instances, I don't think you know the video that he posted almost a year ago. This time, you know, right around Thanksgiving, um, you would not see that guy back at that same school. Um, but the <laughs> fact that he had kind of the guys in his locker room and he cares so much about Tennessee, uh, I think, kind of speaks volumes to 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 how the other players on this team think about him. Where are we with uh, Tyler Bird? I mean, Tyler's a guy that just kind of, you know, I think he has a lot of athletic ability. He just hadn't found a fit. And, you know, um, he may be a guy that, you know, is kind of a, a square peg in a round hole that, you know, there's a lot. He had, 
that athleticism just hasn't necessarily translated to, to being a football player. And he's made some, some key blocks, and obviously he had a big touchdown catch against Bama. Um, but overall, I mean, he couldn't – he could not, you know, tenet, Pruitt tried him at defensive back, and it didn't stick. Right. And, right. and so, uh, you know, what, what, what more is there to kind of say? Yeah, that was the, as you probably know, Jesse, that was one of the most common gripes on the board. I mean, there had been weekly threads about Bird to defensive back. They're right. wasting his talent. Butch sucks. He's wasting Tyler Bird. And then, lo and behold, they put him out there at defensive back, and then he's moved back to, to wide receiver. Um, and, again, everybody, this is we've got Jesse Simonton with us uh, from the VolQuest staff. So thank you again, Jesse, for being with us. I've got one more question from uh, – from the board, I, again, I made a thread asking, you know, some people from the board ask you some questions, a lot of troll questions, but here's another good one that we got from Vol I Am. He wanted to know what a typical work day is for you. How much time do you spend on your phone, you know, calling recruits, calling coaches, calling boosters, like you said, whatever it may be, and who is your favorite recruit uh, you've met to date? Good question. Yeah, that is a good question. Uh, well, we obviously do not work kind of a normal nine to five. Um, you know, it's kind of. I mean, we're what we're recording this podcast at you know whatever nine thirty ten yes, o'clock. Yes, and we do a, uh, we we do pay in um, steak dinners and hibachi. So there you go. If you there you go. go to but a hibachi restaurant, you're more you're but, more than welcome to. But there is plenty of time spent on the phone. I mean, it is lots of time. Um, you know, the, the recruiting is kind of. It's almost cyclical because it goes. We're getting it. We're at that time now where it really starts ramping up. You know, early September, I'd say to to kind of mid October, it really kind of slows down as as kids kind of focus on high school. Then it gets crazy. Um, you know, basically from now until February, then it slows down for a little bit. Then you got your junior days. Um, but a typical day, I mean, I'm, um, you know, we're at, we're, you know, we're on campus a lot, whether we're at practice or, you know, uh, with the VolQuest guys, we're, you know, whether we're doing podcasts, recording TV stuff, writing. Um, so it's kind of a, a, a mismatch of stuff. Again, lots of phone time. You know, you kind of, you kind of get guys, you know, whether it's texting or on the phone when you can, um, to just kind of get some intel. So in terms of favorite recruit I've ever dealt with uh with Tennessee I mean I, I thought um Trey Smith the, the Trey Smith commitment to Tennessee ceremony uh w was pretty neat and and being there in person just because he kind of gave this extemporaneous speech and kind of um owed to his his you know deceased mom and and just kind of what she meant to him and and kind of he thanked all the people that had kind of helped him through that. It, that that's something that uh, I did not write. I was not writing for VolQuest at the time, but that's something that some of the things I wrote about that, I, I still um, thanks for probably some of the better recruiting stories I've probably ever written. Um, you know, I, I, there's plenty of guys that you get to know. I mean, I like he, – he will not end up here, but I, I like Trey Knox a lot just as kind of an in-state kid. Um, in terms of some guys, it, it, Jackson Lampley's a great kid, uh, and, and is recruiting his ass off, um, for Tennessee and, 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 and Tennessee means a lot to him. Um, and he kind of has his fingerprints on several guys in this class. So those are just maybe a few guys. Uh, that's, that's amazing. And, and again, I, I think that's, just, this is a really good segue. Kind of the last part with Jesse here, having him on again, Jesse Simonton from the VolQuest staff. 
Um, Jesse, what would you, obviously we had some, the one day when Austin posted that thread with the Undertaker GIF, and yes, it's GIF, not GIF. I sent you guys the the uh, link to the creator yeah, of yeah, the GIFs. Yeah. Okay, I have to clarify that every single time I say it. But um, the GIF of the Undertaker when he was rising from the dead, when Crouch said that he was going to be uh, visiting. Obviously a big weekend with visitors. We destroyed them. I didn't feel like the atmosphere was that great, but I know we've had some of the articles posted, but really what, what is your kind of sense and your feel? You know, we had some big dogs here, you know, between Emery, you know, Crouch. You know, we didn't get right in. Um, but, you know, what do you think the impact of, of a win against Kentucky, and maybe not the name brand, but beating the number 11 team in the country, how, what is that, how does that impact recruiting? Yeah, I'm not big on – personally, I'm not big on individual wins or losses swaying um, a kid's decision just because uh, knowing kind of how these, how these things work, it, it, it's a lot more than that. Um, but I will say that, and we kind of talked about this on the VolQuest podcast on Friday, the fact that Crouch kind of saw Tennessee give, you know, um, kind of, you know, get, get steamrolled in the second half against West Virginia. He was in the stands for that winning and kind of being on a program that has some sort of upward trajectory and momentum, uh, is important to him. The fact that he was in the stands, uh, on Saturday and did see Tennessee upset, you know, a top 25 team in, in kind of dominant fashion, that, that did mean something. And, and he's a guy that has continued to kind of grow close with multiple members on this staff. He kind of has this he, – he, Crouch kind of has an interesting relationship with, with a couple guys. Crouch is a very religious guy. He's kind of a, a new, you know, um, I'm not going to say born again, but he is, you know, kind of a, a guy that, you know – I guess one would say found faith later in life. Uh, and and so a guy like Chris Rumpf is very important to him, and he has kind of developed a nice chemistry with him. And yet on the flip side, he's able to be like the jokester and the cut-up and be the you know, 17, 18-year-old kid with Brian Niedermeyer, who has done a great job since coming to Tennessee, is kind of being that kind of uh, guy for Tennessee in, in terms of the recruiting staff and being the jokester and being the guy that can relate to kids of all different backgrounds really well. And so the fact that he kind of has both those relationships plus really respects Jeremy Pruitt, I do think that Tennessee's kind of put themselves back in the conversation for Kavaris. Now, I don't know where that, you know, where that exactly is. I mean, we're, we're less than 24 hours, you know, from his visit, you know, uh, he just left Knoxville uh earlier today but the fact that you know Tennessee got him on campus officially you know to boot when he wasn't even planning to officially visit here his his ex-coach Sam Griner certainly likes the Vols a lot uh has had a lot of positive things to say about Tennessee over the last six months um I think Tennessee's back in the conversation there Michigan and, and Clemson are not going away and so Tennessee's you know up against two two teams that may be in the college football playoff, but the fact that the Vols, who are five and five, are are in on guys like Kavaris Crouch and multiple five stars, that's the quickest way for this program to turn himself around. I mean, right. you know, it's about the dudes, and it, and it really is. I mean, you know, when you see the top recruiting classes, there's a reason that Alabama and Georgia and 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 Ohio State and Clemson are winning all these games. They're getting more better players than everybody else. Uh, so if Tennessee wants to get back, you know, in, in that in that echelon, they have to do the same. And Crouch is just one of many. 
And so we'll see on John Emery. He's going to come back for an official visit. You know, Intel still suggests that, you know, he's leaning towards LSU uh, upon his decommitment from Georgia. But the fact that he hit, you know, he's not signed or he's not committed anywhere yet gives the Vols a fighting chance. Yeah, and if anything, I want Emory on the team because he has one of the freaking sickest accents. He had that Louisiana huh. accent. I don't know yep. if, if yeah. anybody, if you guys have not seen the video with Austin, go Price, check out the video. It is, yes, it's dude. awesome. He seems like he just seems so cool and calm and collected, and he's got that. He's a, it's a great interview. It's an amazing interview. So, um, all good stuff. And at one point that that you made, Jesse. Um, and that we actually made on the podcast, it might have been pounding thrill, I believe, last week was that, and this is not going back necessarily to bash Butch, but um, yeah, it is about the guys that you can bring in. And, and it seemed like with the previous staff that we were really kind of going after the guys we were comfortable with. We weren't swinging for the fences. We are getting, I call them duly four-stars, like not nationally ranked four-star guys that didn't really pan out. Mid-sized sedans. Yeah, exactly. We, you know, we need some luxury stuff up in here. So we're actually, you're going on and clicking on these guys' names. You're seeing some five-star guys. You're seeing some top you know, 75 players that the Alabamas, the Georgias want. So that's exciting, I think, to say the least. Um, yeah, and, and there's no, there's no, and there's no honor in finishing second or third or fourth for a five star, but the more of these guys you get on campus, and the more you're in the conversation, it does kind of start to build a groundswell that hey, Tennessee is this, hey, mm-hmm. Jeremy Pruitt's building that, hey, I may not end up here, but I have a 2020 teammate that may have heard me talk a lot of good stuff about Jeremy Pruitt and the Vols, and then lo and behold, he commits to Tennessee a year later. So a lot of this is is both for the now and the future. Now, make no mistake, Tennessee's going to try to get all these guys they can. Um, and I do think that maybe some of their uh, – and AP has talked about this on the podcast. We both have on the VolQuest podcast. I think some of the decisions they made last year – probably came back to bite them in terms of them chasing, kind of stargazing and chasing some guys they didn't have a chance with, ITS, Tyson Campbell, those guys. They could have probably gotten some more quality players than what they ultimately signed. They're not, they're not making that mistake this time around, though, because they actually have built-in relationships with these kids. These guys are capitalizing on the fact that they've known Owen Popoe for years. They've known Jason Hadawood for a long time. Crouch has been a guy that multiple guys, whether former Florida State staffers or or Pruitt, Niedermeyer, and these guys have known uh, for years. So it's a different situation for this 2019 class. No, all good points, and I and I I took the subtle hint where you said Owen Popo or Popoe or Popo or however you say it that you said his name first. So pretty much silent commit, right? Is that can we read between the lines? <laughs> If you could, if you could put yourself out, and I, you know, I don't want to mess with your, uh, you know, integrity of journalism here, but if you could just, for all, you know, S and Gs, right, just for fun, if there's a commit that's out there that we're all stargazing for, that we have the best chance with, who would you say? Um, I would say it's Darnell Wright. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well. Hey, can I can I go this route? Let's go the opposite route here, Jesse. Out of those guys that that you know have been names of and Darnell Wright's not nothing to shake at. He's the number number exactly. five player in the country. So that would be right. amazing. Who 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 do we not have a chance at? Like who's who's just 
taking free vacations, you know, trip up to Knoxville type stuff. Any, any thoughts on that? I, I, I don't want to pin myself into a corner here, but I, I, am, I, I am skeptical on Emory right now. Mm-hmm. But um, okay. I, th- I, think that, I think part of that is because I think you've seen Tennessee offer some other running backs. I think we know how much this staff kind of likes Eric Gray. Um, and, again, it, do- it never hurts you to, to host a top 50 player. Never hurts you. Um, but right now I'm skeptical on, on, on Emory. And, and, and this is, I guess, one of the last things I'll throw out here before, before I sign off and let you guys enjoy the rest of your night. This may be a controversial opinion, and, and Austin and I have joked about this. I think Tennessee has a much better shot at getting Owen Popo, so I want to say this up front. But if I'm looking at this roster and looking at how this 2019 class is starting to take shape, I do think that Hazelwood would be a more beneficial commit and would and has a better chance uh, at being actually hitting on his five-star status. Hmm. And that's not to and that's not to be critical of Owen. I think I've seen Owen live multiple times. I think he's going to be a really good player. I do think that it's going. He's not going to be a. To me, he's not a plug and play guy. I just think he's a little bit undersized. Um, whereas, if if you sign Hazelwood, he's coming in here day one, and he may be your best playmaker. Wow. And Tennessee, and 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 look, he he's visited here, and he will visit here, and and his name has popped up, and Tennessee does have a realistic shot there. Uh, I would That's not really go so. I would not go. I would not go so far as all to say that you know they're getting him or that it's a shoe in. Miami, Georgia, Oklahoma are all factors still, and, and it, he is one that it's gonna it's gonna go up until that December whatever fifteenth or whatever date of that early signing day is. Uh, but Tennessee absolutely has a shot there. And it, again, it may be controversial because Tennessee needs linebacker help. I just think if you're thinking about 2019. And I know that's how fans look at recruiting. They say, who can help us now? Who can help Tennessee now? It's, it's actually a wide receiver over Owen, in my opinion. Wow, very cool. Well, I mean, good thing that uh, Fulmer has canceled the renovations for now because we need a little bit extra money towards recruiting. If you guys <laughs> know what I mean, wink, wink. Anyway. Bad man action. <laughs> Uh, You're not going to get pinned talking know, about cheating. I know, anymore, I, sorry. Jesse. I know. I'm just saying, Jesse. My point of view has been that. Never mind. I won't say that because you're on. Yeah, let's leave that for a topic between the rest of us, so yes. Jesse doesn't have to taint his exactly, gymnastic integrity. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm leaving it at that. But anyway, hear no Jesse, evil, see no evil. Exactly. Thank exactly. You, Jesse, thank you so much, man. I know you went over a little bit with us here, so um, we appreciate you spending some extra time on your Sunday evening. Um, and, and talking all things Vols, like you don't do it enough, but um, we appreciate all the work that you do, man. And uh, Absolutely. Your, uh, you know. your articles are pretty fantastic. Yes, they are. It's all good, Thank man. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, I appreciate we, all the questions. Y'all enjoy y'all's night. Most certainly. I'm Jesse. Thank you. Uh, enjoy your night. We'll be sending you the, uh, the invitation for the hibachi dinner, uh, you and Austin. So. Sounds great. Sounds great. Right, See you, boys. All right, have a good night. All right, guys. See you. All righty. All right, well, that was, I'm going to say goodbye to Jesse here. (laughs) All right, he's out of here. So that was the man, Jesse Simonton. Uh, We are rocking and rolling. 
man, this has been fun tonight. See, I love guys, you know, when we get to have, you know, these special guests on here and we've got a rumbling, tumbling, incredible special guest coming up over the next few weeks that I can't say yet, but I'm really excited for. And all the guys on the the podcast know who it is. So we will drop that name the day that we drop the podcast. Exactly. PTC. Uh We're going to keep everybody guessing and make (laughs) sure, you know, go ahead and guess, make a thread. Somebody make a thread and call us out and see it. You know, if you guess it, you know, I'll give you a Chipotle gift card or something, but um, you know, we're really uh, excited about where this thing's going. You know, this is nine ninety five, guys. Come on now. If anything, this podcast is nine ninety five. You get to hear the insight from Jesse Simonton, Paul Fortenberry, uh, Austin Price. Probably not Rob Lewis, but you know, maybe Rob Lewis. Who knows? Um, so here we go. Let's. Do you guys want to talk about the Missouri game at all? Anything else from Kentucky win recruiting, or do we want to jump into Missouri a little bit? Uh, let's just kind of you know, gloss over what we saw from Kentucky. Um, Jesse did point out in one of his pieces that, yes, they are one-dimensional, but what have we given up? I mean, how many times have we given up over 200 yards rushing to SEC teams? How many times have we given up over 200 yards rushing to anybody? Not just this year, but last year. You know, um, I think in November, either September or no- through November or just November, he mentioned that we've given up nearly 1,000 yards rushing. Well, we gave up – 77 yards to arguably the best back in the SEC. That is it. I don't know where that effort came from, but we got to have more of it. And huge kudos to our Vols front seven. Something like 63% of the tackles were from the defensive line and our linebackers. When you get that kind of production, um, it's it only bodes well for your team throughout the rest of the game. Did you see the uh, Did you see the stat that popped up on the screen? I think I, I can't remember when it was. Maybe in the third quarter at one point it said um, I think it was uh, something about um, yards yards gained on first down or something like that. And um, I, I may have this wrong, but it seemed like it was like Tennessee was like at eleven point nine and Kentucky was at like two point two or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that That's was uh, yeah. I, um, that was, uh, I mean, that's pretty telling out there. And uh, and I think um, um, Kentucky's running back. I think he had like he had. I think he had one run of like twenty yards. So, I mean, quite a few yards came on one carry. Yeah, his long run was nineteen yards. And then okay. you know, let's let's not overlook also their quarterback Terry Wilson. Now, he, uh, I looked mm. at his yearly numbers. He's not he's not quite the runner. Statistically, I thought he was, but nonetheless, he plays a big role in offense. He's negative six for the day. So, yeah. um, thank you, Daryl Taylor. Just, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think I think sacks are thrown in on that. Is that right in college football? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. But still, I mean, I you know, God, they just—it was really impressive. Kind of, that's the most complete team by far we've seen all year. It was really uh, refreshing to watch. Uh, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was nice. My my dad's wife was uh, playing on her phone, and Kimber, I'll give you a little shout out. And and we were like, this is an actual game we can enjoy from like the beginning till the end. Like, watch it. You don't need to be chewing your fingernails off, you know. And she was waiting for it to kind of self destruct, destruct. And I'm like, man, this. I told my I told Bleed Orange. I said, seventeen nothing. It feels pretty dang good, you know. Actually, yeah, you know, we're in a good spot, you know. You still feel like you'd want to score again, 
But Bleed Orange, do you have anything else you wanted to add? I know you're probably going to need to jump off soon as well. I don't know if you had anything <laughs> no. you wanted to add from the Kentucky or Missouri game. Well, one of the things I was um, thinking, you know, when we were up, you know, 17 like that, whatever, um, I, I said, well, you know, it used to be in the good old days when you were growing up, son, we say, okay, here we go. We've got this, you know, in the bucket, you know, and this game is over. Um now we don't quite feel so secure when we've got right? a lead like oh, that. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of threads. Troll of the week, you guys better stay on for it. We've got a bunch of targets. So, But I did, I did think it was fun um, in that fourth quarter. I mean, uh, it was just a comedy of errors there from about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter until about uh, five minutes left where – you know, we have we fumble at the UK 35, then then they drive down, and then we get the Taylor sack fumble recovery at the UT 35. We drive back the other way. London fumbles at the Kentucky 35 again. <laughs> then they come down. Total gets the sack, face mask, 15 yard penalty. Taylor gets a sack, then sends him back with a great play. Then Wilson has a big run to the 25, then we intercept. I mean, it was just crazy, uh, just a comedy of errors that was one of the one of the strangest five minutes I've ever seen college football, I guess. No, it was strange. It was strange. But uh, glad we, use your term, pulled them, pulled them through. So, pulled them through. It was good. Well, Bleed Orange, I appreciate you being on, and I know – uh, this is actually, we're going to put a little break for our sponsors because, you know, guys, look, we are becoming a huge podcast now, so we do get sponsorships. We got to pay, you know, I do pay a monthly fee to host this this podcast here. Um, so this is actually Bleed Orange's favorite mixer with his vodka. Uh, we're sponsored tonight uh, by Metamucil, everybody, the orange-flavored Metamucil. Beat sluggishness with our super fiber. Do you ever have that weighed-down feeling? Take Metamucil every day and be your regular self. Metamucil contains 100% natural psyllium fiber, a soluble gelling fiber that works with your digestive system to help trap and remove the waste that weighs you down. You'll feel lighter and more regular, especially if you're currently among the 95% of East Tennesseans who don't get enough fiber in their diet. Try it for two weeks and begin to feel what lighter feels like. So thank you, Metamucil, for sponsoring us. Uh, Bleed Orange, uh, we love you, and thanks for being on. Love you too, guys. Go Big Orange. All right, have a good night. All righty, cool. So um, let's jump into Missouri here a little bit. Um, obviously, this is the game for bowl eligibility. They've you know got a pretty solid team, but they've been up and down as well. Um, do we have a shot to win this one? I mean, it's at home. Or are they just going to freaking go crazy on us offensively? Um, I think that having somebody like Jeremy Pruitt, who is obviously defensive-minded and more more focally is deep defensive back-minded, he's going to have ways to make sure that Drew Locke doesn't have the time that he needs to, to be able to actually complete the passes he does. One of the things that worries me, though, is they do have a tight end who is a haul, and he is projected to be a day one, day two pick uh, from in the NFL draft. He could pose us a problem because we don't haven't really seen a tight end like that except for Irv Smith, and Irv Smith is just different than everybody else. Um, I think Daryl Taylor needs to show up again big time. Um, Batuli needs to show up again. 
like he did. And we're going to rely a ton on Bryce Thompson, which I hope that he has not hurt and he can play, and Alante Taylor. We also need to see more of Mark Will Osborne uh, rather than Baylor Buchanan. And having uh, Mike Abernathy back is going to be huge. I believe that the game plan is going to run through uh, Abernathy, making sure that he communicates real well with uh, defensive backs and has everybody in the right place. And if we can frustrate Drew Locke, we can win that game. I heard a lot of ifs in there. What do you think, pounding thrill? Yeah, I mean, Missouri's just, you know, Kentucky I thought was a good matchup for us. Uh, you know, I think Kentucky's a better team than what we played on Saturday, but we just kind of matched up with them. I like the idea of us having a defensive coach just trying to stop them as a one-dimensional team. Missouri's going to be – they're just a little tougher nut to crack, so to speak. You know, like I'm looking at their stats throughout the year – the number of people they have that have got substantial amount of receptions is pretty impressive. Uh, so Derek Dooley's their offensive coordinator, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So they're going to – I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you guys watched many of their games, but they, they've looked really good. Um, they're yeah. just – their offense is going to really push our, our defense. It's one thing for us to go out there and basically say, Kentucky, we are not going to allow you to run the football against us. If you want to beat us passing, be my guest. And Kentucky just – didn't have the ability to do that where I think Missouri, a, they're going to be pass first, but they can run the ball pretty, pretty good too. That's they're They're going to be a, a hard one for us. It'll be another good, uh, I think a couple weeks ago, I called the South Carolina game, kind of one of those GPS games. We'll find out where we're at. We got kind of thrown off course a little bit. Um, you know, bad game against Charlotte, good game against Kentucky. Those are kind of a wash. Let's see what we do against Missouri. I mean, we should beat Vanderbilt. But Missouri will be, if we can win that game, that's going to be a huge selling point moving forward. Um, so if we can kind of keep the progress, I think we'll be all right. But, you know, I don't know. This one makes me nervous. Yeah, I just, you know, not to be a, an idiot when it comes to football, which I am, but, uh, you know, looking at the Missouri Tigers' stats, um, it, it's kind of telling in my opinion. I mean, they've got – you know, some guys with, you know, even receiving, you know, 70 yard touchdown, 59, 58, 62, mm-hmm. you know, they've got some splash plays and even the running backs have some splash plays. And that's what we talked about last week. Can we minimize that, you know, make sure that they don't have any splash plays. I think this week is, can we keep it at a minimum, you know, keep it under 30 yards or 40 <laughs> yards and not give them up, you know, 50, 60 yard touchdown <clears throat> throws because Locke can make the throws. He's shown that he can. Um, you know, obviously, our, you know, Bryce Thompson, Alante Taylor will be tested this week. I don't think our, you know, maybe the safety, you know, the safeties I felt like weren't tested in the throw game this week. So, you know, they kind of got a bye week. <laughs> you know, they had to go help with the run game, but they didn't do much in the in the passing game. So, you know, will Bryce Thompson, will Alante Taylor be able to step up against Locke, you know? They've had a decent season. Can they give us one more game? So, um, and that's not even talking offensively. I think we, you know, we've talked so much about, you know, their offense, but can our offense continue, you know, to build on what we're doing? Is Jawan Jennings healthy? I mean, he he was limping off the field every freaking play he was out there. You know, we need him as a possession receiver on those big third downs. It feels like, you know, every third down we're throwing a slant to him. So, you know, where are we going to, you know, find our own offense? Um, and, and be successful offensively. 
And with that, yeah, I, I think wonder, I break um, the podcast. No, we're still here. I'm still here. No, I know. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Oh, okay. I'm just teasing. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, Powell? I mean, what do you think the keys to the victory here? I mean, I think this is a just a complete toss-up game. You know, nobody really knows how we're going to perform. But, you know, what do you think, you know, one or two things we need to do to win this game? I think we need to – I think we – I wonder if we can run the ball good enough to, like, keep them off the field, play some ball control. By, I don't know if we can do that yet, but – you know, their defense, I don't believe, is going to be as good as Kentucky's, and we were able to run the ball, you know, against Kentucky pretty well and Auburn. Um, so even though we struggle at times, you know, I just kind of wonder if maybe we can hog the ball a little bit. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know if that would be a game plan or not, but because we, you know, obviously going downfield with the football is what we do best, it seems like. Um, so, um, but, you know, that's just um, – kind of where I'm you know looking at pal pal we we had a good day yesterday but let's not let's not start peddling the idea that we can run some sort of ball control offense that's we're we're a long ways away from that I think at this point uh well I mean that's you know that's that could be true um but I just I don't know if we can I just don't know if we can score with them if we play you know fast break Football. That would be my only concern. I, I agree with that assessment. I don't think we can score with Missouri. No, I, yeah, I don't want to get in a boat race with them. But I, um, I mean, does anybody know much about Missouri's defense? Um, I'm trying to look some stuff up right now, but I can't. That. I can't. Find yeah, but it seems like it, they're they're in high scoring contests a good bit. I mean, I, I, the games I've watched, I can say their their defense. Nothing about their defense really jumped out at me. You know, I mean, I think I've seen them play probably three games at this point. And it's all about their offense. So, I mean, I you know, I kind of come to it. All right, let's say we can slow down their offense. Well, what is their defense going to do? You know, for us, I, I think that'll be more about us shooting ourselves in the foot. If our offensive line can go out there and play like they did against Kentucky, then we've got a shot, and we just need to not turn the ball over. And hope you get a couple of breaks, and we'll be okay. I think this spreads at like seven and a half or seven points, if that gives you an idea as to what Vegas thinks about this game coming up. So. Yeah, and here's my one random stat that I, you know, I think this was on the game yesterday. They're talking about our first down play. Um, we've got to be a lot better, I would say, on first down. I think we were fairly successful uh, last night, but you know, looking at Missouri, they're 32, number 32 in the country. Um, in third down defense percentage, so they're you know thirty four percent opponents are getting first downs on third. So if I mean if we can keep it third and short, I mean that's everybody wants that. But you know we're really going to have to win uh, you know first down you know to keep some of these drives alive. Um, like I said, if Juwan Jennings is not, I'm hoping he's going to be in there. But again, he he's limping around in every single game. So. Um, you know, if we can have him as a security blanket out there, that that's great on third down. But I think, you know, that's a telling stat. Um, you know, 32 in the country, it's not you know top 10, but still, it's it's up there. Um, so, you know, hopefully, we can find some success on, on third downs. Didn't uh, didn't Vandy put up like 35 on them or something? Mm-hmm. Let me see. Vandy did. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, they put uh, 28 up on them. Okay. 
Man, it's so. not as much as I thought. But still, 28 is quite a bit for them. Yeah. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not going to be an offensive juggernaut or anything. But I mean, South Carolina put 37. They, they lost. That may have been who Carolina. I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's. Was that uh, like. Was that like 48 to 37 or something like that? It was uh, 37 35. Okay. Lost. So, um, you know, I mean, it, again, we're playing at home. And I, I, for some reason, I hate their field. I don't know what it is. If it's the rocks in the end zone or whatever, they spell like Missouri out in rocks or something like that. But uh, I'm just so happy that it's at Neyland Stadium. I, I'm hoping we can just continue. I feel like we've got some good momentum now after that Kentucky win um, that Agreed. we can just hopefully not crap the bed and, and uh, Dooley will be limping out with one of those walkers like he was towards the end of his time here. I don't know if you guys remember all those pictures that people will post of Dooley with the oh, yeah. with the walker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one on the stool was always my favorite. Oh, my gosh. Didn't he get drilled when he was on the stool at one point, too? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, not. I think so. Did you guys ever – a... Oh, go ahead. I think that was a South Carolina game that he was on the stool, I believe. Because, um, let's see, uh, maybe, I don't know, I can't, maybe I'm not sure about that, but it seemed like it was South Carolina. Did you guys ever listen to that uh, Clay Travis podcast with uh, Dooley? Yes, that was awesome. That was good. No, I didn't. Yes, uh, it was. You should go back and listen to it. It's pretty refreshing. It's nice. Yes. So, um, he, Dooley's a funny, funny dude, man. We had... You know, there were some funny times with the hand motion when Tyler Bray would throw those touchdowns and he'd do those little circular motions around his head. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's some funny times with him. Obviously, he he chose Sal Sinceri as his defensive coordinator. And I, I, it was funny because he's over at Florida now, and I saw in the game he was cheering at something happened and his fat was dangling down from his belly. And I was like, man, that's one fat, rich, terrible coach. So... Um, but he knows more than I do, and he's got more money than me. Well, not that as much, but maybe a little bit more. So, um, anything else, guys? Or we want to roll? Do we want to roll into uh, the troll of the week? I mean, what do we? How do we predict this game? Let's just predict this game. Let's let's go out on a limb here. PTC, you think we win? What do you think the score is? Okay. <laughs> this is tough. Um... You know, without knowing the health of Bryce Thompson, and I know we, the Brewers said it was a lower body injury, which can mean anything. Um, if he's not full go, it could be a really long day out there. Um, I th- I hope they find someone to put in Balin Buchanan's place. I'm not trying to. Yeah, Mar- I think Osborne would if if the uh, lad rolled during the interception didn't completely screw him screw him over for the rest of the year. Um, I saw him. I saw on the board earlier where somebody posted that Pruitt said that um, uh, Bryce was good to go. Oh, nice. That, yeah, and maybe somebody else said lower, lower body injury. So, oh, I, you know, I said I, that. We'll probably know more tomorrow or Tuesday. I said lower extremity, lower yeah, body Yeah, I think it was um, sarcasm, I, sort of. But I think that uh, <laughs> if we can hold them to 20, 21 to 25 points, if we can hold them in there, I think we can win. If it gets any higher than that, I don't think we have a prayer. Well, so what do you think the score is? Go out on a limb. Because you were wrong last week. What was I wrong about? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, 
I'm going to be, I'm going to play the eternal optimist. Okay. Um, nice. I'm going to go 24, 20 Vols. Wow. I like it. Pounding thrill. What do you think, brother? Well, I mean, this is one of those, I hate to even, right. Like if you, if you're a betting guy, you don't even think about it. Right. Cause Tennessee's just all over the map on this stuff, but, but Missouri's relatively consistent. I, you know, if I were betting money, like my money, then I'd probably bet it on Missouri. But I really like what Tennessee's doing. I think that we're starting to – this is a glass half full, but I think we're starting to see Pruitt kind of gain some traction. Jesse earlier made some comments about how um, progress isn't isn't linear. And I, I agree with that 100%. I, it, greatness, the last key to greatness is typically – consistency right like you can flash here and there and then slowly you start doing it more and more i think tennessee's gonna win i feel there's just i just think that pruitt's kind of got us where we need to be the players are starting to believe into it you could feel it when you're watching the team they were excited you know they were focused and at the same time they seem really relaxed you know no Nobody watching that game as a Tennessee fan, except for the crazy trolls who, you know, post things. Mm-hmm. That we had that game in control for most of it. I mean, it just, we went in there, we took care of business, and we got it done. And that's, I'm excited about that. I, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say we're going to beat them. Wow. Okay. So, uh, PTC said 24-20. What do you think in score-wise? Um... I think it's going to be hard to hold them to to. Uh, that's that's tough. I think it'll be a higher scoring game. I think I think this is a game that if if we're going to win. It you know you're probably going to see scores, probably in the 30s. I mean I'm looking mm-hmm. at, at their schedule right now. Here's here's what Missouri has scored so far: 51, 40, 40, 29, 35, 10. That's Alabama. 65 14 that's Kentucky that's that's a head scratcher right there 38 and 33 so they hadn't scored that low except against Alabama and then Kentucky which Kentucky's a better defense what we played so they're if we hold them to 21 then I'd say just about you lock it down we're gonna win I think I think you're probably gonna see a game that's more in the ballpark of you know 30 to 35 type game something like that no I, I feel you there uh, Powell, what do you think, brother? I think uh, I think twenty eight is my number. I think if we can keep them there or below, we'll be fine. I think if we can score twenty four on Kentucky, we can we can maybe get to you know thirty five mm-hmm. at the most on Missouri. Um, but I think we'll win. I don't. You know, it's just a gut feeling. I mean, but um, I think. I think something like like 31, 30 or 31 to 28. Like I said, I think, I think if they get above 28, then I'm not sure we can go much more than that, you know, scoring-wise. Unless we, you know, you never know how the game goes, though. We might get some easy turnovers or something like that, some short fields. Um, but um, that's, that's kind of what I think. So you're saying victory? Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of, so we've got we've got three victories here. Um, I, you know, I think it's going to be in the thirties as well. I, I agree with pounding thrill. I think that, um, 
but I think it's going to be Tennessee is going to have uh, 38 points, and then I think that uh, Missouri is going to have 24. So actually, I feel like it'll be close for the majority of the game, but we'll have um, an interception or something towards the end or some kind of turnover, maybe a fumble. But again, if we can get them into some longer uh, third down plays, Darrell Taylor, um, hopefully he'll show up again, and I, I'm counting on that. So I think Tennessee wins and continues this momentum. Uh, defensively, we're going to do enough. Um, you haven't heard Elante Taylor's name all season, and there's a freaking reason for that, and he's a stud. He's locking mm-hmm. down one side of the field. Hopefully Bryce Thompson does a great job, and then we can cover the middle of the field with all these other guys by committee because <laughs> a lot of these plays are coming you know, across the middle of the field. So um, you know the, these other teams know that our corners are pretty dang good outside of our, you know, outside of Buchanan. So hopefully somebody steps up. I think that they will. I think Tennessee wins by two touchdowns. I don't think they're two touchdowns better than Missouri, but I think we pull away at the end. And this is a momentum wave. Then we go into to Nashville with an orange wave and, you know, beat up on Vandy. And you're looking at seven, seven and five major recruiting momentum. And then you've got a chance to – to win eight games in a in a season where you thought you were going to you know lose eight games probably, so that's my orange you know colored glasses take on it. So we all are on board with four of us saying we're going to win. <laughs> so that's good. Winning. So yes, we are winning, and uh, that brings us to the last um, segment of the night is the troll of the week, um, and. Again, we could have probably picked out some stuff from the beginning of the week or picked on Jesse if you wanted to, but uh, some of you people, and yes, you people, what do you mean you people? I mean you people from the board were just ri- ridiculous. And there's some good posters in this in this group of people um, that were absolutely terrible. So here's our troll of the week. So I've, I've got a group, and you guys can tell me if you like these sounds or not. I think they're kind of fun because I get a click on them. If you think they're too much, send me a direct message and tell me it sucks. But um, I'm going to read off the names. If any of you guys remember any of, any of these and want to jump in, I'm just going to read off the names, and then we'll kind of talk about it a little bit. Alex1118, Vol Bomb, Buddy RHO, Jack Daddy Vol, Vol Dog 47, McDingleberry, and then finally Vol Navy Man. You guys have made the list this week. Um, just a very poor showing during the game. You guys were terrible posters during the game. I actually have some notes written down, but if, I don't know if any of the other casters have anything you guys want to say about this group of delinquents. You know, I, I don't know what what it is with ball making, man, but, you know, all uh, during the game, and Duke brought it up. Shout out to Duke Silver, what ball, by the way. You, uh, he's just finally embraced his negative Nancy, and it's just going to, for lack of a better term, crap post throughout the entire history that he's going to be allowed to do what he does. You know, at some point, he's just got to be put on mute. I don't have anybody on ignore at all, but he's getting real close to getting there. And I just think that he needs some he needs some love in his life. I think that somebody just needs to go give him a hug. You oh, know, a hug! Pat huh? him on the ba- pat him on the back or something. Maybe UTJ can go pound the 
his back and let him know that, yes, his lung can be siphoned through his nose. Oh, wow. But whatever it takes for that man to get back into reality, it'd be nice. Make the board much more palpable. I mean, Vol Navy Man, I mean, honestly, you know, you said that all the scholarship players on Tennessee, they should lose their scholarships, and Pruitt should just wipe the slate clean and bring in 85 new players. And he also said that 90% of the players that have been recruited to Tennessee over the past 15 years have been busts. I mean, those are – when you start bringing in statistics, you look like an idiot. So just just be quiet during the games. Don't post anymore. Uh, Anybody else have any love for Vol Navy Man? His um, so. <laughs> well, his 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 post about his post about DWA being a you know a complete bust right. is just that's just ridiculous. I mean that's um, he and then he ends up having a really good game right. and uh, um, it's just he he's really he's one of the posters really bad about like whatever he says. I mean like the you just wait the exact opposite is about to happen. Right. I mean he never fails. Well, it's it's one thing to have a a bad game maybe, but then to make these outlandish statements that are, you know, the ninety percent of the players recruited have been busts, or this guy's a bust, or we need to do this with the whole program, you know, those kinds of like just far fetched things just make people look stupid. But well, I, you know, yeah. I I'd, I'd say that if all of us like posted every five seconds exactly <laughs> what was on our mind, we'd probably put shit uh, stuff like that on there also. Like that's oh, that, what kills yeah. me. I just wonder like, what is he like in real life? Like that he, you know, cause it's just stream of consciousness. Like I have a filter, like I wish I could just walk around and, right. and just, just start spouting stuff. So I, I just, I don't know. And during the game, like, do you guys do that? If there's an interception, do you hop onto the board and start a thread? And type interception. It's like <laughs> OMG and then like no message. I mean, no. do y'all do that? I'm not I, just, I hate that stuff. And uh, that's what happened. You know, during those games, it's fun to see people post stuff like that because you can just kind of bring it back up later. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've had my Vol Navy Man moments, but that was more like during the middle of the week this week. I think I did like 10 threads in like 20 minutes. When I was on my flight, so it was terrible, and people are like, "What is this guy doing?" Um, so I apologize to the board on that one, but I thought they were all very funny, but they probably weren't. Um, <laughs> one of the other culprits, really quickly, Mick Dingleberry. I, I feel like you're typically a solid pulse poster, but then you just made some really stupid threads. I can't go back and say the specifics because you actually went in and changed them and edited them to make it look like you were cheering on Pruitt, and you were saying stuff about Pruitt and you know whatever. So. Um, you've joined the Troll of the Week uh, group. Um, and then also when, I think it was right after Kentucky scored a touchdown, it was like 24-7. to seven, Or seven, what was it, 17-7 or 24-7? 24-7. 24-7. then maybe we had a fumble or, and everyone started saying, here we go again. So um, Jack Daddy Vol, Buddy RHO, and Vol Dog 47 were the three that uh, we're pretty much saying Kentucky's coming back after they scored one time and we fumbled it. So um, it's this battered Vol fan syndrome you guys need to let go of. You know, you can be a realist, but like we fumble it one time. Is there? I didn't know there was a play for 17 points. I really didn't know. Um, so maybe you know I'm going on a rant here, but it's kind of ridiculous. You guys just you know grab grab a beer. Go hug your wife. In some of your cases, go hug your boyfriends. 
but you know, <laughs> go hug your wife and calm down for a second. Um, the last person Bob. I do, go ahead, Powell. That's Bob Navy man. Go hug his cat or hug your cat. Exactly. <laughs> go hug your cat. And I'm not hating on cats. I have two cats. Um, I inherited them from my wife. No, she made me go and uh, um, save them or whatever it is when you when you save cats from dying or whatever. Um, Alex one 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 eight. The you know last but not least, he made a very curious thread about Jared Garantano underthrowing a football, and he said yet another underthrow by JG. And I think literally after he did that, all of other all. You know, outside of maybe those one or two kind of you know rough throws that almost got intercepted, all of JG's other passes were beautiful. So Alex, we want to give you kudos for doing the reverse mojo with such a terrible thread. And I think Alex is a pretty decent poster, but um, to try to throw out you know throw JG under the bus, come on now, man, you're better than that. So he made he made that he made that post on um, right after JG's first pass one he he did kind of underthrow a little bit to um, um, to um, Jennings down it was like the first right. like one of the first plays we did and then he had to come back and we got the uh, we got the pass interference there or whatever right and he made he made that post then and not was it two or three plays later JG drops one into uh, uh, number eleven Murphy. I can't remember his name yeah, yes I mean like yep. that was um, that was a great throw. And uh, but it was you know I mean that's that's, how, that's that's what happens on the board though I mean you know we've I think I know I have done it before I don't I don't post during games anymore um, I look but I have I've been one to put my foot in my mouth so I just don't do it anymore. Yeah no it, uh, I I get it and not to go back to the Kentucky game but one of the things I did like uh, was that they were getting Murphy um, a little bit more involved I know we've been calling for that for a while. So they had that deep play to him. And then they had that – they actually – Florida ran that same exact play against South Carolina and it went for a big, big yards where they, like, faked – you know, they brought all the, you know, motion one way and then they handed off to Murphy or whatever. And he went for however long he went for. And it, it was like, gosh, yards. it's nice to have a fast guy that's running, you know. He was out in space. Nobody was even – he didn't even have to make people miss. He just literally got to run. And that, that was a, a great play design. So kudos, Mr. Helton, for that. Um, anything else, guys? We're coming up on uh, the end of this thing, but such a fun night tonight. Um, we're getting close to the end of the season. Um, I, I know there have been, I've been getting a lot of direct messages about um, Holly Warlick uh, discussion from her outfits with the Magic Eye shirts that she wears. Um, to her haircut, to will they you know make it to the Final Four this year, to recruiting. So um, PTC is really engaged in uh, Lady Vols basketball, so I know he'll be on to talk about that. As I've already posted on the board, I will disembowel you. <laughs> um, but uh, no, all teasing aside, we're coming towards the end of the football season. It's been really fun. This is podcast number seven. Uh, to the rest of the group, anybody have any uh, last words before we sign off this evening? Just enjoy it again. You know, this is a great thing that we try to bring to the board, and we really enjoy all the feedback. So when you see it posted, you're welcome to DM us, uh, post on the thread directly. Let us know what you think. If you guys have ideas, please reach out directly. Uh, We're going to try to do more fans' uh, questions going forward, and hope you guys continue to enjoy what we bring to you all. I love it. And, uh, again, 
for PTC Vol, Pounding Thrill, Powell Vols, Bleed Orange 23. Thank you guys so much. I mean, you guys are the regulars on here and, and, you know, you make this thing run. So I appreciate you guys being on here. And then also to our special guest, Jesse Simonton. Um, like I said, the offer's out there. Hibachi anytime you want, my friend. You're welcome to... I love hibachi. I could eat that every single day, but that's for another podcast. So with that said, everyone have a good night and go Vols. Thank you.